Hi, this is Chuck at Lazarus Recovery Podcast at the junction of faith and recovery. And this is episode 35. The title is going to be Balls and Strikes. Now, let me explain all this balls and strikes stuff. What I'm going to do is I'm going to talk, explain where I got balls and strikes. I've been thinking, I've been gone for a while. I got covid and that put me down for a couple weeks. Then I got a hernia from coughing, and that put me down for a while. Feel a little better, but it's, it was a bit of a journey. And I, I didn't know what I didn't know what to do with it. Uh, you know, sort of. It's, it's an odd thing because I'd been vaccinated and boosted and stuff like that, but still, it's no joke. You know, I was nervous and anxious and sick, pretty sick. And uh, I didn't go to the hospital until. Until I started puking with the, the the problem with my lower regions there, so um, I'm just getting back. Title "Balls and Strikes" is about my whole precept of the last recovery podcast, the junction of faith and recovery, and why are people different? Why is there such a difference between? faith and recovery. Why is there so much mistrust and stuff like that? Well, as I thought about it, I mean, I, I've argued all about why this is the way it is and everything like that. I've argued with all that. And, you know, I've made arguments and tried to explain it all and tried to, you know, get people to understand each other and, you know, and as I've gone along, only recently I've realized that to a certain extent it's a fruitless cause because the bottom line is that nobody wants anybody else to tell them what to think. It's like against human nature to have it's 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 You know, AA doesn't want the church to tell them how to run their meetings, which I get. Church doesn't want AA to legislate how they think about God. I get that. But if you think about it, the problem is really, you know, no human being wants to tolerate anybody calling balls and strikes. I mean, it's just against our nature. Because human beings want to name the rules. And what we do is we create recovery programs that allow us to name the rules. And we create faith-based organizations that allow us to call the rules. And that, that's, that's a pain in the butt. That's a pain in the butt to everybody. Because if you think about it, I'm talking, I've been around, you know, I just celebrated 48 years sober. I've been saved for 46 of those years. And I was a preacher's kid as a growing up. I've seen a lot. You know, and I've listened to a lot. I've listened to my dad on Sunday lunch after church 
talk about people having an attitude of they go to church just for eternal fire insurance. This is in the 50s. I mean, I've been to an AA a long time. You know, I got sober. My, my life sort of started when I went to AA. I owe them a lot. But the bottom line was in AA, we're drunks, you don't tell us anything about how we conduct our business. The only word that calls balls and strikes is the group conscience. And you gotta come to agreement in order to get it. So, you know, nobody's gonna bring up anything. There's whispering and grumbling about people's behavior but nobody's going to do much about it. It's pretty much, okay, whatever. As long as you don't drink, everything's okay. So nobody, and if you think about it, you know, people in general don't, they tolerate umpires in baseball because you need them just to solve things. But you bitch at them all the time anyway. That's not fair. What's wrong with you? We as a general species don't want anybody to tell us what the rules are. So we just generally create institutions that institutionalize are not wanting to do, have anybody tell us what to do. So it's, it's, it, there's no doubt why AA and religion can't get along is because of people who don't want to be told what to do. People in recovery are probably, you know, on a scale of 1 to 10, about a 9.5 at being rebellious. And church people are about a 4.5, but they're not, they're not even-handed. Church people are told not to judge but we do, we do a lot of judging. And generally speaking, it's for our own convenience. We create denominations so that we can be a tribe together in agreement and criticize everybody else. So it's, we don't get together and come to agreement easily. And it doesn't, it's not a surprise, you know. And there is a history. It's not in baseball, but it is around that people that call balls and strikes, you know, generally had poor outcomes. The Bible records says that, you know, and the Lord talks in the Bible, you killed the prophets. You know, that was, that was a famous speech in the Bible that got the guy that said it stoned. You stiff-necked people, you know. You killed the prophets because they said stuff you didn't want to hear. Why? Because it interfered with the way they wanted to conduct the spiritual business that they had. I mean, that's... Balls and strikes are dangerous business. You know, everybody agrees you need umpires in baseball, but they get dumped on all the time. So, but in this 
spiritual recovery thing, it's wicked dangerous. And anybody in their right mind that thinks about calling balls and strikes has to sort of think carefully about it because you got to explain why you do what you do, why you say what you say. But I've come to the conclusion that you're never going to get religious people and recovery people to understand each other unless you explain the balls and strikes, unless you explain why there is a need for balls and strikes. You know, and that's what the topic, a long-winded introduction, but that's what this is about, about balls and strikes. It's about this thing in Christianity and other religions too, but Christianity, the Jesus stuff, that, well, why can't you just be easygoing? Why can't you just say that, you know, everybody, everybody has a good conscience and the best they come up with is good for them. And God is completely content with the best you come up for yourself. And I, there are wings of the Christian church that are basically completely committed to that. You know, in a nomenclature's progressive Christianity, basically it's, you know, God's good with it. God's good with it. I mean, it is a very attractive, very attractive. There's no, there's nobody to call balls and strikes except to say, you know, ah, boy, that's that's good. You know, you get a trophy for participation. You know. Um, but then there's the other sides that are like politically insane and that's a bit of a problem too. But let's look at balls and strikes. What is wrong with that? What you can't tell me you're just saying that's not true. It is absolutely true. Absolutely true. If somebody comes and calls balls and strikes you know, in the old days, they end up bad. John the Baptist called balls and strikes. And, you know, he basically said, hey, you're wrong because according to Jewish law, you, you can't take that lady as your wife. And, and... Herod sort of liked John the Baptist, but his wife, not so much, because John the Baptist was basically calling her a, a two-boot that Herod should not have taken her as his wife. So the wife was upset, and... She worked it out that her daughter would trick Herod into uh, beheading John. And Herod was no wonderful person. You know, he was 
It's like he didn't want to do it, but he was afraid what the other people would think. So he just had John's head chopped off. Wasn't a, a great hero, but point is that John the Baptist took it upon himself to call balls and strikes. What you're doing is not right, Herod. And Herod said, well, I can do whatever I want and I'm going to chop your head off. That's an incentive not to call balls and strikes. That's the way it is. Now, why? Why is it? You know, you say that's not true. It is absolutely true. Absolutely true. You and AA and secular recovery. So that's the uh, that's where balls and strikes were for them. You know, for recovery people, nobody tells them how to do their program. For religious people, no denomination but theirs has the right answer. And as sick as they can get, they're right, and nobody else, everybody else is wrong. I mean, you can't agreement, get agreement among denominations. But they will not allow anybody to call balls and strikes on them. You know, but the problem with it is, the problem with this whole thing is, is that everybody ignores the, the big thing in the room. Everybody seeks to please and seeks to follow and seeks to obey an omnipotent God. And according to the Bible, a all-powerful Savior. Yet, we will not tolerate this omnipotent God or this, you know, omnipresent Savior to tell us the least little thing about how we should conduct our business. We say, yeah, 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 yeah. But in the end, you know, anybody that would dare to do it, we'll just kill them. Or at least trash them. So balls and strikes are dangerous. And why is that? As religious and as patriotic and politically correct we are, as sure of ourselves and our theology as we are, we have a flaw. And the flaw is the flaw that's always been there. You know, we only worship a God who is acceptable to us. This is the issue. It's always been an issue. You know, we're in favor of what we're in favor of, and we're opposed to what we're opposed to. You know, you say, well, that's not true. Yeah, it is true. You know, because, you know, for recovery people or for Jesus people or for whatever, we're completely set and we don't want to change. And the problem with that is for both groups is that we completely blow off the Lord. 
it just completely, you know, it's like God's opinion is immaterial. We claim our sanctity as far as his opinion. But, you know, it's just like back in, a, back in Old Testament times. Uh, the, actually, it was a New Testament person that, you know, was martyred. You, you've always killed the prophets. And he told them that it was absolutely true. And the mob did what they always do. They killed them. They took them out and stoned them. We kill those that come to t- tell us the truth. So, but somebody has to do it. And I don't want to be that guy. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to do it in a snarky way because I'm basically a snarky person. I'm a little irreverent about stuff, some stuff. So I'm going to, I'm going to snark at you in the next podcast. I'm going to be sarcastic and I, I plead guilty on it. You say, you're insulting. No, I'm being snarky. Yeah. I'm trying to avoid getting shot here, dude. Because I'm going to say some stuff that you're not going to like. And for this particular podcast, I'm going to I'm going to draw one thing, and then in another podcast, I'm going to elaborate on it and illustrate it, for which you are going to try to throw stones at me. But luckily, nobody listens, so nobody's going to get upset. But um, if you're listening, I just want you to think about one thing in this podcast about, you know, the, you know this uh, throwing stones, balls and strikes. Does God have a right to an opinion? A final opinion. Does God have the right to a final opinion? In other words, what he says goes. Or is he required to put out a multiple choice? You can do this, or you can do this, and you can do this, and you can do this. And you're going to get slapped on your hands if you do this other thing. Is And, and there are some, some bents of Christianity that basically think God is that way. You know, God always gets gives a... Uh, you know, a participation award. But the problem with it is, and the reason this is so controversial is, biblical record does not show that kind of thing at all. You know, we can say that the biblical record, as a lot of people do, well, the biblical record is conveniently um, inaccurate. So we can pretty much put in what we want. You know, I call that a, I call that a strike. You know, or a ball, whatever I'm calling for being bad. That's that's not no. You know, that's. You know, if God says I'm saved by grace through faith, in Jesus, that better be that better be true, or my life is just not going to happen the way I think it is. You know, in other words. Christians are dependent on the word. You know, that's the 
difference between recovery and and faith in some I think that basically in secular recovery um, and I've gotten this impression this, you're sort of saved if you're sober and you're clean in other words well I heard it said well he, he got run over by a truck but he's okay he was sober well what happens if you know he picked up and he died what's that where is he well it's okay because he was trying or it's it's he was a suffering addict so somehow that's okay and then this is where you're going to get killed because you're saying that the people that died of active addiction you know are not are not safe and i don't like that because i ran a sober house people died good people died of addiction and it's horrendous it's just absolutely horrendous and i'm put in a difficult position of saying you know well you know i sort of like the you know the aa way you know you you get a you know god takes care of everybody well if you're if you're a bible person uh, that's not necessarily the way the way it's written so you're put in an unenviable position of saying, you know, no, you need an act of faith in Jesus to be safe, which is Bible. But that makes you an enemy of everybody else. Now, you can go progressive Christian and say, basically, do an Oprah Winfrey or a, something like that or, a, or anybody like that. Um, you know, salvation by complete fiat. That's not Bible. So you can see where the differences are. I mean, recovery people have have a theology all their own, and they don't pay much attention to it because they don't want to get caught in a position of calling balls and strikes. You know, it's much more convenient to be, hey, it's okay, it's good, you know, um, because it is excruciating to come up with a biblical description of the higher power to come up with a biblical understanding of who Jesus is is terrifying and for good reason John the Baptist got beheaded and for a good reason not a right reason but a good reason the outcome of the disciples was overwhelmingly violent I mean it was it was no when Jesus said take up your cross and follow me he was not joking because the disciples job was to proclaim Jesus and call balls and strikes that was their job and they did the job and the overwhelming percentage 
met violent ends because nobody wants anybody to call balls and strikes. Nobody does. And if you wonder what's going on between the junction between faith and recovery, it is all about the balls and strikes. You know, everything is about that. Everything is about how you call the spiritual balls and strikes. You know, it is the biggest deal. Try to do the, well, let's look at it together. Let's understand each other. But now I'm understanding it's a fruitless cause. Because there's a war going on between the literalists and the people that just sort of, ah, can't be that way. It, you know, this whole God, Jesus thing can't be that way. You know, he can't be that way. So we can pretty much do what we want to do. And because he's God, he's obligated to be nice to us. That's not exactly biblical. And hence the problem. Hence the problem. Balls and strikes, balls and strikes, balls and strikes. You know, that's what I'm going to be talking about and the rationales for all this in the next podcast. And I'm fortunate nobody listens. But if people are listening, they're going to be upset. You know, if you're upset, express your opinion. I'll answer as best I can. You know, but it's not an easy thing. You know, I don't like the balls and strikes the way they're written in the Bible. You know, I don't like them. I'm a human being. I don't like them. I don't like what God says about himself. The one thing I like about what God says about himself, that by some sort of miracle, you're saved by grace and through faith. That's, that is awesome news. You know, salvation by grace through faith. That is, that is the whole game. Because we certainly are not particularly efficient followers and obeyers. You're saved by grace through faith. There is no way any of us are safe without salvation by grace through faith. There's no, there's no performing, nobody walks us perfectly, nobody obeys perfectly, nobody sacrifices perfectly, nobody is perfect in their spiritual practices. Nobody. Nobody. We are basic. The best of us are wretched sometimes. The best of us fail miserably sometimes. The best of us. And yet, salvation by grace through faith, lest any should boast. <laughs> and we have nothing to boast about. You know, so this is the, this is the introduction to the series. You know, balls and strikes. And I promise you, I'm going to say some stuff that is going to drive you nuts. Absolutely, radically nuts. And I'm sick enough to enjoy it. 
So this is Balls and Strikes. And I covet your prayer. If by some sort of miracle you want to comment, you know, feel free. Um, I'm not expecting a lot of yay raw, but, um, you know, the thing is, is Jesus is the ultimate umpire. And he ultimately calls the balls and strikes on all of us. You know, he's the guy that says okay when we get done. And it seems absolutely ludicrous to me that we would consciously blow him off. It's like, that is wicked stupid. So, you know, think about that. Balls of, he's, the, he's the final umpire. He calls the balls and strikes. And if he calls you out, you're out. You're done. You're toast. Well, actually, you're a marshmallow. Um, I believe the book because the guy that wrote the book has been very reliable for me. You know, I'm 48 years sober, not by any wisdom on my part, but by grace from him. So I have to, if he says it's a strike, I have to say it's a strike. And that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to call the balls a strike. Not because I'm wise, it's because I trust him to be wise. So, this is Chuck at Lazarus Recovery Podcast. Hopefully I'll be back next time, and uh, we'll talk about this. It's Chuck at Lazarus Recovery Podcast at the Junction of Faith and Recovery, and you all have a good night. Thank you. Bye-bye.